and turn to Psalm 133. Psalm 133. Let's see here. Come on here, Brother Mark. Good to go. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Good. All right. So today we're going to read Psalm 133, Psalm 133. We're going to read the whole chapter. Actually, we're just going to read the first verse because I don't know how to pronounce one of the words in the third verse. Just kidding. We're going to read the whole chapter, Psalm 133. Just follow along with me as I read it. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So between verse 1 and verse 3, we have a couple of interesting comparisons, which you really have to know Hebrew history to really get into. But I just want to focus on verse number 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If there's one thing we have here at Loomis Park Baptist Church, it's unity. I, I completely and wholeheartedly believe that. I grew up in church from the time I was an infant till now, and I can tell you that some churches do not have unity. And those churches are not fun to be a part of. I can tell you it's fun to be at Loomis Park because we are unified. We have one common goal, and that goal is the glorification of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a music pastor. That's my title. So a music guy, I think about everything through the lens of music. It's just, it's just how I think. So what I want to do, to do tonight is to look at our unity at Loomis Park Baptist Church and look at it through the lens of music because that's how I think. So I want to talk to you tonight about God's Philharmonic family. God has a grand design. He's got a grand scheme of things. And yes, even though our part is maybe small, we still play a part. I want to talk to you today about how we, Loomis Park Baptist Church, as a, we're not just a family, we're not just a body. I think the picture of a family portrays strong emotion. There are a lot of emotional ties that go with family. The picture of a body portrays a very physical presence. For instance, when, when Pastor Rich uses the illustration of, uh, Brother Bill, if I plucked your nose off, you would be missing one of your body parts. And you look really weird. Yeah, hard to argue with that. So that's a very visual, visual, physical uh, analogy. I want to use the analogy today of an orchestra. Our church is an orchestra. And we each have a part to play. I want to get into this and explain it real quick. It, how, many of here, how many of you here played in an orchestra or in a band at some point? There we go. So roughly 20% of us. Anybody ever try out for band and not make it? No, just kidding. I've had the, the pleasure of playing in uh, two or three different orchestras, and they were all really fun. There's something about it. I'm telling you, man, Ian, when you're, you play football, right? When you're on a really good football team 
and I don't care if you're the quarterback, the linebacker, it doesn't matter. If you're a part of it and it's a well-oiled machine and it just works, it's exciting. When you make that, when your quarterback makes that touchdown pass, it doesn't matter if you're on the sidelines or involved, there's something that thrills inside your brain because it's exciting. I'll tell you, there's the same thing for, for an or, being in an orchestra. And you might think, my music geek might come out a little bit here, but just bear with me, okay? So when you're part of an orchestra, you literally have no control over the tempo. You don't have any control, but you're still a part. And when you're a part, it's an amazing thing. I'm going to try to get into that a little bit today. So, using this example of an orchestra, the instrumentalists, the people that play the instruments, that's us. That's the people. We all have, we can't, you can't play two, viol two violins at once. Believe me, I've tried. I, I haven't tried, but my, I have a, I have, my best friend is a very accomplished violinist. He actually plays in the, uh, not Chicago, Cleveland, begins with a C, Charlotte. He plays in the Charlotte um, Philharmonic Orchestra. He's very good. He tried two violins at once, didn't work out. Um, so you can only play one instrument. You have one job, one calling that God has for you, and that is as a member of Loomis Park Baptist Church. You get to be a member of this orchestra. It's amazing. Tell you what, we have some leaders of different ministries. For instance, our head of nursery, Mrs. Marjorie Hurth. She's like the first violinist of that section. You know how they have first violinist, second violinist, and then down the row? Well, our leaders are still doing the same thing as us. We're, we're all working towards the same goal, but someone's got to lead. Someone's got to set the pace. Someone's got to set the tempo. Let's see. Our pastor is the maestro. He's a conductor. He's up there. You know, waving his arms. And you, you ever watch those guys on TV? They, they get really into it. And you, the looks on their faces, it's just really, they look so possessed with the music. And I tell you what, you kind of look at them. Lem, I see you're laughing here. You look at them and you think, man, any idiot can do that. That's not hard. I tell you what, I could do that. Just get up there and wave my arms. I'm telling you, it's not easy. It is, I think song leading, I think song leading is hard. But to conduct an entire orchestra, an 86-piece, that is a living organism full of pieces. The 86 instruments, I can't even fathom that. I could, I could not fathom that. Really can't. But I have friends that conduct orchestra. And, yes, they stand up there and they wave their arms and they hold a little stick. But it has a purpose. Without the conductor, the orchestra is leaderless. It's like a snake without a head. Wouldn't know where to go. And I tell you. You may think that being a pastor is easy, but I can tell you it's not. Not because I am one, but because my dad was one. And I see the things Pastor Rich does every day. It is not easy. Just as a side note, I'd like to, Pastor Rich didn't pay me to do this. Well, I guess he did because he kind of pays my salary. But just to say this about being the conductor of this great orchestra called Loomis Park, we need to encourage our conductor. We need to encourage him in his position in his preaching, in his philosophy, what he teaches, things that, standards that he derives from the Bible. We need to encourage him, his partner, Miss Carrie. And we need to encourage his pocketbook. We need to give to him. We need to be liberal. I can tell you this. I'm going to let you into the world of orchestras for a second. The prestige of an orchestra is rated by who conducts it. So if you are a really good orchestra, 
you have a really good conductor. You have a great maestro, reputable. Now, I don't think Pastor Rich is nationally known, but that's not it. We know, I know, Pastor Rich is a great pastor. You know what makes him great? It's the fact that he loves God and he loves every one of us. And he would do anything for us. I, I praise God for it. I literally, every day, I thank God that we have a great pastor. So let's just remember to encourage our maestro. So we have the people who are the instrumentalists, the servant leaders who are the first chair, our pastor who is the maestro and conductor. Here's the thing, though. Ooh, I have an object lesson because they told me in college that I'm supposed to use object lessons. You know what this is, Brother Rob? Yes. It's not a ring. We're talking about music. Give it a shot. It's a what? It's uh, close, a little bigger. Piano string. This is my first piano string that I ever broke. <laughs> Thought I'd show it all to you. I was 14. I was playing along at church. You know, dun, 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 dun. you know, I play like just banging away at it. Dun, 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 dun. And then the loudest pop you have ever heard. The entire church just. It was, it was awesome. And I was like, how did I do that? Let's do it again. All right, so this has nothing to do with the message. I just wanted to show it off. Okay, here's my real object lesson right here. Does anybody know what this is? Tuning fork. All right, now, I don't want to hurt anybody's ears. So I'm going to try to play it through the microphone. Does anyone hear that? This is called A440. Right? Concert pitch. An orchestra must be tuned to an unchanging ultimate standard. This is that standard. And each one of you has that standard sitting in their laps tonight. It's the word of God. God has given us specific instructions on how a church is supposed to operate. Not just format, not just pastor, deacons, people. That's not it. He's given format as in love. Love your neighbor. He said, be patient, forbear, bear one another's burdens. He's given us an entire manual. And all it is, is so we can be in tune with each other. Because this is A441. It's 441 hertz. If you take this and you ring it together with the A442, you will be covering your ears pronto. Promise you. So, some people tune to A440, some people tune to 442, but if half the orchestra is in one and half the orchestra is in another, you're going to have a split orchestra. But you know what's worse? I don't think that happens very often. You know what I think happens? Is I think someone sometimes has a faulty string. Someone has a bad instrument that just goes slightly flat. You know what happens then? The harmonious sound of the church becomes discord in the eyes of God, in the ears of God. That's what happens. God forbid that that happened in Loomis Park Baptist Church. And you know how we prevent that? By going like this every day. Okay, God, am I in tune with you? Am I doing what you want me to do? Here, here we go. This is a little tidbit. I like to tune pianos. I'm not very good at it. I'm a beginner. But I like to do it. And I got a tip from an old piano tuner one time. He said, if you take this and you ring it, you stick it in your mouth, it vibrates throughout your skull. My goal is to be so in tune with God that nothing else matters. 
that he comes to every part of my being. That's not easy to do. Sometimes it can, it can, it can hurt. Believe me, that's why I put a rubber band on this so I don't bite bare metal. I don't ruin my teeth. No, I'm just kidding. My mom did that. So remember that we have to stay in tune with the same object, and that object is the Bible. All right, so we've, we've talked about the players. We've talked about the conductor. In order to be harmonious, each player must be in tune to a uniform standard, concert pitch, otherwise known as the Bible. So if you're playing in an orchestra and you're not that good, yeah, me too. That's the way I was. I had to play violin. I never played violin. Yeah, so you lost a finger. If you were playing in an orchestra, and let's say Brother Bill messes up, we're sitting together, and he <coughs> squeaks. I look over. Why are you messing with the sound, man? Why are you doing that? You're bugging me, man. Just play. Is it that hard? You had one job. All you had to play was Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. It's not that hard. That's in a normal orchestra. And I can tell you what, it's pretty cutthroat. People vie for positions in a regular orchestra. But let me tell you this. In God's Philharmonic house, there's no cutthroat. There's no place for that. God wants his orchestra to be one not of performance-based acceptance, but of acceptance-based performance. So you don't have to be good in order to be a part. You're a part, so you should try to be good. You've already made the orchestra. You've already made the cut. You're a first stringer. In God's eyes, you're first rate. You just got to try to live up to that now. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you walk worthy. God's given you a piece of music. He wants you to play it. He wants you to do your very best at it. But if you mess up, if you miss a note, Brother Roth, he's not going to look down on you. He's not going to cast you aside just because you played B flat instead of C. Yeah, because I would already be out of here. I'm glad Pastor Rich doesn't fire me every time I mess up on the piano. I'll tell you what. In God's orchestra, your performance does not matter in God's eyes. It's your effort. He's already accepted you. Now you need to be worthy of his love, which we'll never attain, but we still strive for that. Press toward the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. All right. So we've talked about the players. We talked about the maestro. We talked about being in tune with each other. Why do we actually have to play in an orchestra? Why can't we just go play solos? That'd sound okay, right? Telling you what, a tuba solo does not sound good. It's annoying. Tell you what, you might even sound good on your own, but until you are a part of this orchestra, you won't know what it feels like to fulfill God's grand design, being part of the local church. I believe I'm speaking to all members tonight. It's a Wednesday night. But being a part of this is something very special. Very special. God gave his life, his son's life, just so we could be a part of this orchestra. So, let's see, I got 10 minutes left. I got so much to say, I'm trying to condense it all. So we come down to the end. What's the big deal? Why does it matter? Well, we talked about the players, that's us. 
We're the ones that play the instruments. We've talked about the maestro. He's the one that conducts us, that leads us. He sets the tempo. You get loud, we bring it down and soft. You go faster, we slow. He's the one that keeps us all together. Tell you what, Pastor Rich keeps, keeps us all from jumping at each other's throats for sure. We talked about us. We talked about the conductor. Who are we missing out? The composer. God wrote the music that this orchestra is supposed to play. You ask me, what's the big deal? Why does it matter that we do our part in this orchestra? Why does it matter if you practice between performances? Why does it matter if you live like a Christian outside of church as well as in? I'll tell you why it matters. It's because the composer is in the audience. The composer is listening. And the one who wrote the music knows if you're just sitting in your chair not playing. Whether you are the first violinist or whether you are just the cymbals or that little triangle that plays only three measures every song, doesn't matter. Because God wrote it. He knows what he's told you to do. You know what he's told you to do. My question to you is, are you adding to the harmony of God's great organism called the local church? Or are you just sitting out? I've been privileged to attend some very spectacular symphonies. Anybody ever been, heard a concert orchestra before? Do we have a Jackson, oh, country bump. <laughs> some form of orchestra. Hey, a bluegrass band, that's, that's pretty much the equivalent. I don't, there's no conductor. But if you've ever been to a real con a concert with a real orchestra with a bunch of pieces and a conductor, let me tell you one thing. When people walk away from this concert, when they walk away from that presentation of music, they walk out of the concert hall not saying, man, that conductor was good. Man, that, vi that violinist, she sure knew how to play. They don't do that. What do they say? They say, Beethoven was a great composer, wasn't he? They say Haydn was pretty good. He knew what he was doing. What a genius. That should be our goal, Loomis Park. Loomis Park Baptist Church, that's our goal. So live our lives, live as a church, in order that when we walk out these doors, when God comes back for us, when our work is done, our testimony to lost people, to the audience, is, man, God is great. I've never met their God, but he sure can do some awesome things. To get someone like Bill Horsch and Bill Merrill to like each other, that's a miracle. You get anybody to like Bill Merrill's a miracle. Just kidding. Think about it. Your friends at work, if they could see this, how this orchestra works, how much love is really here in our church, the credit wouldn't go to us. The credit would go to our composer God. He's the one who made us, and he's the one who allows us to continue this. Just to illustrate this point, I'm going to try to use a bit of technology. Is that okay? Use a little technology? Young punk using a Bluetooth speaker here. Okay. I'm going to play this music, and I hope it doesn't blast anybody's eardrums out. So hold on to your seats. Here we go. Oh, 
Okay, play it on my phone. What is this? Beethoven's fifth. Who, who's playing that? You know who's playing that? No, you don't know who's playing that. But you know who wrote it. Let me ask you this one. This one probably should involve more people. What's that from? Star Wars. You know who's you know who's playing it? No. But do you know who wrote it? Tom Williams. All of the great masterpieces are not known by their performers. They're known by their composers. And it should be our goal as Christians to truly live for the glory of our composer, the author and finisher of our faith. That's the grand scheme of the church. That's the big design of God. But you know how we bring that into our daily lives? How we bring it down to the nitty-gritty, everyday, rubber-meets-the-road stuff? It's by practicing. You don't get to be a, a concert violinist without practice. You know how much the average concert violinist spends practicing a day? Take a guess. Take a guess. Six hours. That's a very good guess. It's very accurate. People that are really good, the really good ones, they practice a full eight hours a day. Granted, they have breaks. So it's basically a full-time job. Let me tell you this. Living like a Christian is a full-time job. You don't get any breaks for being a Christian. Whether you're at home alone, whether you're at work where you think no one knows you, you don't get any breaks. And you might think that sounds tough, but it's not tough because the music is beautiful. And our God has written us the best possible piece that you can play. And why would you ever, ever want to throw away being part of something as awesome as that just so you can do your own thing? I love to play the piano. But you know, the really the only times I play the piano now, it's in church. And I'm fine with that. I love playing the piano outside of church. Yeah, it's fun. But what really, really thrills my soul is to be part of a church service. Because you know why? There's a bigger purpose. There's a bigger picture. If I just sit down at the piano and plunk away, sure, it can be fun. People might enjoy it. But when I play at this piano in this church, God gets the glory. And that is something special. Now, bringing it down to this. We've talked about how you need to live so as to be ready to have a good testimony for our composer. Let me, let me ask you this. What are you doing in the orchestra? I know what I do in the orchestra. I know what Pastor Rich does in the orchestra. And I'm not trying to compare those at all. I'm not saying that you need to do everything I do, you need to do everything that Pastor Rich does. That's not the thing. In the spectrum of faithfulness, there is no better or worse. The Bible says that they compared themselves among themselves being foolish. We're not doing that. What we are doing is saying, are you doing your best for the composer? God looks at your talents that he gave you and says, what are you doing with them? So when it comes time, when the lights go down and the, the crowd hushes, when the world looks on and sees Loomis Park Baptist Church, and then the lights go up, are you going to be ready? 
What are you doing to help the orchestra? Do you even have a part? Yes, you're sitting up there, but are you playing? Do you even know what the song is? I think you do. Because you're here on a Wednesday night. That means you have commitment. I'm not faulting that. But at the same time, how much more could we do? We could all take it to another level. We could all crank it up a notch in order that the composer may be glorified. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this thought that you've given me about being a part of your plan, God.